1: Or Miss, episode 204. Hey, my Richers, I'm Hayut, and I'm so happy to be here with you today, again. Before we dive into my interview with Josh Little, I would like to invite you to our site richomiss.com, where you can find the show notes of this interview as well as all the other shows on the podcast. So go to richomis.com. And now let's hear a bit about Josh Little. Josh Little is the founder of four tech companies, Maestro, Bloomfire, QZZR, and Varley, that have collectively been used by hundreds of millions of people. With two successful exits and third pending, He is currently on a mission to save the working world from death by meeting with his fourth creation, Valley. Josh Little, hi! What a pleasure to have you here.
0: Well, the pleasure is all mine. Thanks, Hayut.
1: So great to have you here. And I've just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today. And where are you heading?
0: Well, that's a great question. Uh, Today, with Volley, I'm trying to save the world from death by meetings. Oh. Uh, As as we all have gone remote with the recent pandemic and realized that we still need to talk to move work forward, um, now our talking has to be forced through either chat channels like Slack or Teams or or whatnot, or live synchronous conversation like Zoom. And so with Volley, we are aiming to fill the gap between Slack and Zoom. And most people would say, well, I don't see a, a, a gap there. I'm either slacking my team or I'm Zooming with my team back to back all day. And that's the problem is we have this thing called Zoom fatigue now because the only way that we can talk to move work forward is through a video conferencing medium. And there's this whole spectrum in between that Volley is aiming to solve because uh, with Volley, you share asynchronous video messages. And what what does that mean? So imagine video texting. If you could text someone with a video, that's kind of what Volley is like. And it allows teams to move work forward faster by replacing their meetings with asynchronous video conversations. And the beauty of, of doing that is it allows a number of things, but, um, such as inclusivity or time to think or um, the ability to listen to the other person on 2X. Um, but the, the ultimate goal is to have productive conversations that don't interrupt each other's productivity uh, because meetings are quite interruptive and and many people especially knowledge workers end up having kind of back-to-back meetings throughout their day because we do need to talk with our teams we do need to coordinate we do need to think things through together we do need to get on the same page and that that takes effort and it that's hard to do with typing or with text and so where we're going is the future of work. And we see the future of work being more flexible, more remote, more uh, more uh, filled with deep work. And, and we feel that Volley is going to be a key piece of that. So that's what I've been working on recently, even though I've built three software companies prior to Volley. Hmm. Um, that's the problem that, that I'm eager to solve. And, and you know what's funny, uh, listening to the mission of your podcast reach or miss the right customer the right message at the right time or place hmm. i very much think that that is our goal at volley is to get the right information to the right person at the right time within a team and i've been thinking about that problem for over a decade since i built my second company called bloomfire so we're we're kindred spirits in that way
1: hmm. how did it start and and how did you start before Volley?
0: Well, I, I started as a teacher. I was a oh. high school teacher, a social studies. Um, I actually, uh, had, was four years into a music education degree. And then I realized that, uh, I did not want to do that as a job. I took my, my main passion and turned it into a job and it sort of ruined singing for me. Hmm. Um, so I got a degree in education and went and taught public school and realized that wasn't it either. The only reason I wanted to be a teacher was to be a music teacher. But I did realize that my um, the same skills that made me a good teacher, also made me good at sales. And so I I left teaching to go into sales, and went to three Fortune five hundred companies and did really well at each of them. I I'd, I'd usually become the number one rep in the division that first year that wow. I was there, and then they would invite me in house to to be the sales trainer and to show everyone what I was doing. And because I had an education degree, that was a natural fit. So I actually was scratching my own itch trying to build an e-learning program for one of those companies as I was in sales training. Yeah. And I just couldn't find a company that could take my content and turn it into e-learning content. This was back in 2005 or six. So that was really the genesis of my first step in entrepreneurship. So I left Stryker, my last corporate job, and started my first company, which is Maestro. And then from Maestro, we built Bloomfire. And then after Bloomfire, I built Quizzer. And after kind of a long break and pondering what I wanted to build next, the <laughs> idea for Polly came.
1: And how did the idea come?
0: Well, I've been thinking about the problem for a long time as I mentioned my second company, Bloomfire, I really felt my mission was trying to get the right information to the right person at the right time. But that was more focused on learning in in a corporate environment, within a team environment. Um, and uh, Bloomfire is one of the premier knowledge management platforms out there today. But that the goal, I didn't feel like I really accomplished it with Bloomfire. And so it was really the fact that i've been thinking about that problem for over a decade covid forcing us all to go remote and me going on a long road trip that came together to bring the idea of volley and by the by the time i got home from this road trip i knew what i needed to build i knew the name was volley and <laughs> uh, called called some friends that i've wanted to work with for a long time and we co-founded a company the next day
1: wow and um Who is your
0: customer today yeah so it's the, the the people that i think feel the pain the most the pain of uh interruptive meetings and noisy chats are knowledge workers so really any knowledge worker anyone who attends meetings are our customers but the people who feel it more are probably people who are working remotely, which is, again, most of us. The thing is
1: probably yeah. <laughs> the
0: leaders of those teams that feel it most acutely um, because the leaders tend to be in more meetings than the rest of the the team. So, yeah, you know, when I say we're trying to solve the world from death by meetings, we're, we're really doing it. Um, many of the hundreds of teams using Volley are seeing 50% reduction in their meetings or greater.
1: Wow. How did you find your first customers?
0: Oh, it's a popular question where do you where do you find your first customer or your first 10 customers
1: yeah it's one of the questions that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are asking yeah
0: well and my answer to that is always you already know them um they're in your network or you know of them so that's always where my first five or ten customers come from each of my companies is they're either you know if i'm selling to someone in hr well yeah i know Dozens of people in HR, and I just start reaching out to them, or I reach out to people who know someone who's in HR, um, or whatever you know your target customer is. So I think you already know them, um, and because you've built trust with them for years, potentially decades, they are the most likely to be your first customers and to buy or use the thing that isn't really ready yet, but you just need feedback on. So I think your first customer is going to come from some circle of trust or some established relationship. And that's certainly where our first customers at Bali came from.
1: Hmm. And um, as an entrepreneur, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that uh, is listening to us right now regarding customer focus or customer approach?
0: Yeah, so anyone that has worked at any of my companies know, so this is like my main thing, uh, and uh, it's be remarkable, that's my advice, is to be remarkable, hmm. because the definition of the word remarkable is worthy of remark. So if you do things in a way that are worthy of remark, um, the way that you talk to customers, the way that you give them a refund and when they ask for it, the way that you respond and put a little wink in your message or you know, add a personal touch, all of those things are in some form remarkable, And but to truly be remarkable, that means people will talk about it, the way that you engage with customers, the way that you show up in a conversation. So I aim for every interaction with any customer to be in some way remarkable, where they would walk away from that conversation and say, wow, he really cared, or he really understood my problem, or, uh, you know, I, I love how he was vulnerable there in that moment or that was really funny what he did. So uh, I'm, I'm always trying to find ways to be remarkable in any interaction with a customer.
1: I love it. I love the answer. You've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I want you to tell us your biggest, most critical failure with customers. The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most
0: yeah that's that's a great question it's It's actually a hard question to answer truthfully because some of my biggest failures are also somewhat private and to talk about them would be uh would be hurtful to others so i I really can't talk about some of like what were my biggest financial failures because they they ended up you know they happen to be around relationships but what I can talk about and what your question is aimed at is with customers and I would say with customers my biggest failure has been withholding truth or withholding you know reality from a customer because you you want to make customers happy and you 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 don't want to initiate conflict and so when i have held back and avoided conflict that's maybe a better way to put it um it it's always come back to bite me and more than if i would have just been up front and laid all cards on the table and so that's what i've really tried to be and that's another one of my core values as a human uh, is just to play with all cards on the table because um you know i think that's the only way to be to show up in a relationship especially with your customers
1: without saying any names can you have any example of uh holding back some kind of truth or keeping some kind of information from a customer?
0: Sure. Well, my first company was an agency. We built e-learning programs for many large companies and inevitably in complex projects, any agency, uh, things go wrong. The developer wasn't able to build what she said she would or the designer didn't get the comp right and, and you know we've got to redo it or you know, something goes wrong with the project. It's delayed timeline budget. Um, and, and whenever I've tried to avoid saying, you know what, we're going to be late and saying that several weeks ahead of time when I kind of knew we were going to be late, but rather just (laughs) before the deadline saying, Hey, it's going to be two more weeks. the, The problem just, you know, exacerbates itself tenfold. And I didn't really gain anything other than just a temporary mild you know bit of pleasure from uh, avoiding the conflict in the moment
1: Hmm. now i would like you to tell us uh, the story of your greatest most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customer Hmm.
0: yeah uh, so that twist at the end about a customer focus gets me into a a a foggier place, I I would say that I, I believe that I'm doing the best work of my life right now. While I've had great success, um, you know, two of my companies, uh, I've had successful exits from, um, I, I really think what we're doing and what we're doing for Teams and communication right now with Volley is extremely important work. And while that hasn't seen financial success yet, we're, we're starting to see that in product promise fit. We had over 700 teams that, that were on our wait list for our beta, oh. which was outstanding. You know, I've, I've never had that it luxury is. when starting a company that seems that people want to take the medicine, right? That people believe in <laughs> uh the the pain is painful enough that medicine is desired, but now the work that we're doing and and I don't believe we fully cured the disease that's the job I have now is to make sure that the medicine cures the disease that volley actually does save the world from from death by meetings and The reason I say what we're doing is a success, and this is very recent feedback we've been receiving from users is that volley has helped increase team connectedness and brought back the fun and the spontaneity that we once had as a team but then we lost when we went remote. And I think that's That's amazing. really powerful, right? The, the right. thinking about all of those little interactions that we used to have around the water cooler or at lunch or when I would tell a story or walking out in the parking lot. Those were seemingly small interactions in isolation but when you sum them up it equaled a relationship which equals trust so the idea that trust or relationship is decreased um, is a huge detriment to teams and it's really hard to put your finger on that financial impact so um, hearing that volley could be solving that problem again juries out um, is really exciting to me so if we can actually solve that problem you know, that's uh, an over-decade-long quest to do such things. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I, I would count that as my most significant success.
1: Wow. Well, yet to be um, yet to be proved, isn't it?
0: Yep. As an entrepreneur, you have to be some version of a scientist, even though I'm not that science-y.
1: <laughs> and uh, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales. However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helps you succeed and might help other entrepreneurs to succeed as well.
0: Well, it's self-serving, but I, I have to say Volley because um, that's the <laughs> tool that I'm using right now for reaching out to my customers where we're using our product as our support tool so in anyone who creates a volley account um, gets a immediately added to a conversation with me where they can give feedback and ask me questions or talk about the product so uh, I've heard feedback just from customers today your users today that that's pretty remarkable that uh, that they have access to me um, I mean I'm no one special but in their mind, they they feel special because we're in a live conversation. And I responded to their volley a few minutes later. And, the, you know, it's a real person um, who's the CEO of a company. So I'd, I'd have to say volley, but I, I know everyone probably wants to talk about their own tool. Is that, is that an okay answer?
1: It is an okay answer, although I will ask you for, and I'm happy you said that, but I will ask you for another tool as well. Something that you use frequently.
0: Yeah, then I would say definitely a combination between LinkedIn and Zoom. LinkedIn is a great way to connect, but then when you want to have a, a deeper, meaningful conversation, text is just a very thin medium, so you need to move to some either Volley or Zoom.
1: Hmm. Okay, I will allow that. Okay. Although it's kind of a tricky way uh, <laughs> to talk about this.
0: Well, I'm. you I'm building it. A- a tool for communication I mean I don't know how I wouldn't say <laughs> that right
1: you know there are many factors that affect one's success however I always believe that for each of us there is one thing that really helps us succeed and I want to ask you what is your one key success factor
0: well I think it's changing it used to be do what you'd say you're going to do and that's kind of A personal mantra. My kids know that's a big thing for me. And so really, you know, having no gap between your words and your actions is really important. And I I think that that has borne much fruit, enabled um, great success. But the thing that I've noticed lately, and I'll I'll give you two answers here, is how small and seemingly simple things add up to great results. And I'm seeing that in you know developing personal habits in in my company or in my life and you know just small changes each day uh really really do add up over time i historically i've been very much the hare not the tortoise Mm. um and and now i'm finding out and in fact in that fable the tortoise actually is the one that wins the race (laughs) So I'm trying to be more like a tortoise, and uh, I'm already starting to see success
1: come from that. I love that. I love that answer. My last question is my mountain question. As my listeners already know, I always have been imagining this journey of marketing and later on the journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain, step after step after step, and then... Once you reach the peak, you want to climb a higher peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all?
0: Well, yes. um, If I look out my window here, I see beautiful Wasatch Mountains in Utah, and um, I've climbed many of them and enjoy hiking and, and climbing. And I'm also climbing several mountains um, simultaneously in my life now and have continued to. And, and the interesting thing about peaks is what you thought was the peak when you started climbing the mountain often isn't actually the peak. Because when you get there, as you said, you realize, <laughs> oh, no, the peak's over there. And it's much higher than where I'm at right now. And we need to keep climbing. And other mountains that I've climbed, like learning to code, learning to program, uh, I spent time doing that and realized that I could climb this mountain. It it is quite a journey, but I'll also realize that the peak moves every day. It moves Mm -hmm. somewhere else. So even if you achieve what you think is the peak, you can't stop climbing. Technology moves and improves and changes all the time, so you need to keep going So you also need to understand that if you're starting this journey, is this a journey that you really want to continue the rest of your life, like learning to be a a software programmer? Because some some mountain peaks do stay fixed, but others move. So my little observations on the mountain metaphor.
1: Hmm. Just what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch?
0: Uh, The best way to connect with me is LinkedIn uh, slash littlejosh. Or if you're interested in checking out Volley, just go to volleyapp.com.
1: We'll do that and we'll put these links on the show notes of this interview. And I'd like to thank you for this interview and for the unique answers that you provided today. And uh, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. And I hope unique is a good thing. Um, But uh, it was all my pleasure.
1: Unique is a wonderful (laughs) thing. Good. When you are at your 202 episodes and um, you want to hear new things every day. And that's what we're looking for. Excellent. So yes, I think it's an excellent thing. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and take care. You too. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.